Welcome to the Jesus People podcast. Jesus People is an intentional Christian community where 180 individuals of all ages live together in an old 10-story hotel in the uptown neighborhood of Chicago. Living communally allows us to steward our time, our energy, and our resources in ways that give us the freedom to live a simple lifestyle, making space for us as followers of Jesus to serve each other, the poor around us, folks experiencing homelessness, and our uptown neighbors. An added benefit of belonging to the Jesus People community is the value we place on creating art, music, and other unique expressions of our faith and lives. I'm Orion, your host for today's episode. I usually serve as part of the podcast production team, but today I have the opportunity to sit in the interviewer's seat. And Chris Spicer, one of our regular interviewers, is sitting in the guest seat. Chris has been a part of the Jesus People community for almost 40 years. He's a devoted Christian, businessman, husband, father, and recently grandfather. He's an Enneagram 7, which will make our time together extra fun, as I also identify as an Enneagram 7. So hello, Chris, and welcome. Hello, and thank you. That was a a tremendous introduction. Well, my pleasure. It's so great to be able to talk with you today. So before we we dig deep with you and and talk about your life and your story, uh, let's take a few moments and talk about headlines from the house. And for those folks uh, who might not know, that's our vernacular for where we live. So we always say, yeah, are you in the house? Meaning the the hotel where we all live together in our little apartments and stuff. So uh, our headlines, we got a couple big ones, huh? Yeah, vaccines. Yeah, tell us about the vaccine. So yeah, vaccine. So we're this uh, next Wednesday, uh, we actually have a team of people coming in to uh, uh, inoculate uh, a bunch of us. We got, I think, 100 people getting inoculated. And uh, that's our second dose uh, for the majority of us. A lot of folks have already gotten them because they're senior citizens or working within the shelter or uh, somewhere else. But uh, yeah, so it's, it's very exciting to begin to feel some freedom from a pandemic. Uh, Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well, and the way that came about was so amazing that a local grocery store slash pharmacy contacted us and said, hey, can we come give you shots? We're going, sure. So, I mean, talk about an answer to prayer. And that leads to our second main headline, which is we are now in March, uh, the month of March, and we are thinking about Holy Week and Easter and how we're going to celebrate, hopefully, together for the first time in a year. Yeah, I think really one of the last things I remember doing as a community was serving Easter dinner. And even then it was at the very beginning of the pandemic and we we did it very socially distanced and uh, with a little bit of fear. So coming back into this Easter, it's feeling way better and way more comfortable. And yeah, uh, yeah it really is to give some rejoicing to. Yeah, for real. And kudos to everyone in the house, all 180 of us who have been following the rules and wearing our masks and doing all the things we're supposed to do. So that that's just been so good. Oh, so now on to you, Mr. Oh Chris Spicer, 40 years. Oh, my word. So I know it's a long time. So yeah. if you can think back that far, what you know, so how and when were you first introduced to the Jesus People community? So I became a Christian when I was about 14. And um, shortly after I became a Christian, one of the things I really wanted to do was get into ministry. I really felt called into full-time ministry. 
uh, but I wasn't a great student and, and I wasn't doing well. So uh, I was involved mostly in home churches and uh, I had just started going to a brand new home church uh, in Toledo, where I'm from, Toledo, Ohio. And this guy had uh, had showed up and uh, he was he was there visiting his brothers that, that were in this this church. And he lived at this community in, in Chicago. And I'd never heard of Jesus people. I'd never heard of Resurrection Band. And he was actually Erica's res band had just had a concert in Toledo. And uh, and so that was my first introduction to Japuza was just hearing about it from him. Well, about two, three weeks later, it was just at the, the, the beginning of summer. Um, his brother uh, invited me to Chicago to go visit with, with, with his brother, Mike. And um, I was like, sure. So I jumped on a, a Greyhound bus and Matt and I took the Greyhound here to Chicago and I fell in love. I mean, it was the first time I've ever seen a, a community. Um, it was the first time I'd ever been to a very large city like Chicago. Uh, I'm from Toledo, which is what, 350 miles away. Yeah. And Chicago was the furthest I'd ever been away from home. So, you know, I'm a 17 year old kid, just mesmerized by the city, but really saw the community and what they're doing and the, the people they were serving and, and uh, it's just the outreach they had. And, and I started looking at ministry in a different way. Right. Wow. That's uh, I, was, I felt that where I was in life, I couldn't move into ministry. I, I wasn't going to go to college. I wasn't going to become a pastor. So I, I saw something that was attainable. Wow, that's uh, that. Mm, love it. Well, and and you know, it's, yeah. it's really, it's a big step from coming to visit and go, oh, you guys are so great. And then moving in. So what, what was it that influenced you to kind of, you know, take the big step and say, I'm going to move in here to this Jesus people joint? Well, we were here a week, we visited a week. And in that week, you know, I went out witnessing with with a couple groups that had gone out and you, they just go do street ministry and talk with folks. And they did a lot of outreach to homeless and people that were experiencing homelessness back then. And and I'd never seen anyone that was homeless. I, I grew up in, in the country out in the middle of Ohio and, you know, uh, I'd, I'd never experienced that. And I saw the need of people and how they were serving them. And then every every day they had this feeding program uh, and they called it the, uh, feeding the dinner guests and the dinner guests would come every day. And, uh, and they gave out these meals and there was these lines of people and just, you could see the love that was given out. So in that one week that I was here, just seeing how they served was amazing. But then at the same time, it felt like you were, you had stepped into someone's house and there was this giant family that was so accepting and that, that, that everyone loved each other and they were supporting each other. And, and I felt that. And, and I think it was, uh, again, something that I felt was attainable. And I started seeing that, you know, maybe I don't need to have a college degree, become a missionary to become, you know, to move into ministry. Yeah. And, uh, and I went home and uh, again, I'm 17, I'm not even 18 yet. And I told my mom, I go, you know, I think I want to go back there for a while. And, and I got my mom's blessing. And uh, wow. within a month, I was on my way back. That's amazing. And that's, I mean, that's yeah. pretty brave of you. That's wonderful. And I, yeah. I love what you said about the sense of welcome, because I agree. Um, mm -hmm. I moved in almost two years ago, and I would call it radical hospitality. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It was just so Absolutely. good. Like, yeah, come on in. You're part of the family. Well, you were a young man. Yeah. And I was a kid. <laughs> I know. Well, so, and you grew up here. You've been here ever since. So how yep. did living in this kind of a community contribute to your growth and development, not just as a follower of Jesus, but really as a man, as an individual, how, how was that for you? Oh, it, it was huge. Um, my home life wasn't great. Uh, I grew up, my, I, 
my father died when I was very young. I was nine years old when my dad passed away. And, um, and we were a fairly dysfunctional family. You know, several, several of my brothers uh, had issues with, with drugs and alcohol. And uh, I was heading down that same path. You know, I was 17, but real early on, I started drinking. I never did drugs. I kind of made a vow to my father when he died that I'd never do drugs. And I never did. I honored that. But I was, I was drinking whenever I could. And, and, you know, I think a lot of teenagers do that. But I wasn't moving in a, in a, in a good direction. Um, and I saw myself moving there. So coming in here with, with all these people that were together, um, being able to, to learn God's word, um, you know, uh, radical Christian worship is what we used to call church back then. And it was, I mean, you had rock and roll at times, you know, and, and then the, just the, uh, the, I came, I, I kind of, when I first became a Christian, I was going to a Baptist church. They see drums at church was like, Oh my gosh. So, uh, you know, that was kind of amazing, but the, just the support that you get from those around you in community was amazing. Um, when you have a weakness, there's someone there that can help you through it. Um, when you see someone that has a weakness, you can be there to be, you know, someone that, to, that they can lean on. And, and um, so I think that was really powerful and, and, and just learning how to live out being a Christian and live out following Christ by the example of those around. And I didn't really have that where I was at, even in my church, because I was there on the weekends, you know, I was there on Sunday. Mm. Um, so seeing Christ and, and, and serving and ministering to, to, to the poor was really powerful, especially when I was really young. But then as you get older and as you go on, just Bible studies, and we did a lot of Bible studies and we had, you know, weekly classes and, um, you know, just digging into God's word and, and being able to sit and talk with folks or walk up to someone. And we've talked about it on the podcast many times, the ability when you're, when you're really struggling and going to another brother or sister and saying, can you pray with me? I really want to bring this to before the Lord. And that's something that you learn. I don't think that's something I would have experienced living at home, you know, and maybe working in a restaurant or doing whatever it was I was going to do. So um, yeah, I think it really helps you to become a disciple of Christ. Um, mm. by just the, the support and the strength you get with those around you. Yeah, that's so good. And of course, the goal of being a disciple of Christ is to allow Christ to form his character in us. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, yeah. one of the things, and, and I know back then, many more of the folks living here were mm-hmm. younger, on the younger edge of life. But now we are literally every decade of life. So I would imagine for you as a younger man, there were some guys, especially men that modeled life for you, um, who were a bit older, who could kind of take under their wing. And I see you doing that here and there. And, and, you know, some of the other men who are um, men of a certain age uh, to be able to to be a support to the younger ones. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it is. I mean, back then when I came, I think uh, when someone was turning 30, everyone was like, oh, man, they're getting so old. (laughs) (laughs) And and here we are. So speaking of old, okay, so you've been in the community again, 40 years. Oh, my word. That's pretty close. Yeah, Yeah. I know. Yeah, I think it's like 39, right? Yeah, 39 Um, years. Close enough. Yeah. Uh, So through the years, I mean, one of the things I've noticed too here in the house here at Jesus People is that folks kind of um, rotate around performing different jobs and fulfilling different roles Mm -hmm. as needed. 
Uh, there's, it's almost like a huge cross-training thing for life, you know, that you're yeah. doing this, you're doing that. So what are, what are some of the, the jobs or the roles that you've played and you've been involved with through these 40 years that stand out to you? Oh my goodness. I've, I've been, I've, I've been a part of a lot of them. Um, so I think the, the first thing that a lot of young folks, when they, they come, they work in the kitchen. Um, when I came, you know, I work, I wash dishes. Uh, and when you do that, you're, you're also going to serve the, the dinner guests every day at lunch. So you'd, you'd work in the kitchen, maybe help to cook some, uh, do the dishes, do pots, clean up around the house. So I did that for about two weeks. Uh, and then I was asked to go on one of the, the crews. Back then we had several different construction crews. Uh, I went on the painting crew and, uh, and I worked on a, a crew that did outside painting. It was in the summer. And so we did exterior painting and uh, I loved it. You know, I learned a, a trade there and, and, and it was really fun. And then I went to the inside painting crew and I did that for a while. Uh, and that we, we did a lot of work in, in some low income housing on the South side. And so you got to know some of those people. So there was a lot of ministry that was able to be intermixed with that, especially with some of the older guys that had worked there a long time. And then they had relationships with the people that lived in these buildings. So that was kind of cool. And it was, it was learning ministry through work at that point as well. Um, that first winter, uh, we had a, back then we had a tree planting crew and we'd go out down South and plant trees. Uh, and, and then we go out to, West who, and plant, who do you trees. plant trees for. So, uh, <laughs> lumber companies, mostly, you know, okay. uh, we, we had a, a, our company was called growing concern. That was the name of our tree planting company. And you would get, uh, you just sign contracts with different, sometimes it'd be for the government. You know, the government would hire tree planting uh, companies to to plant trees and burned out areas, but mostly it was lumber and you were just replanting lumber. They have commitments of the number of trees that need to be planted for each tree that's cut down and so on and so forth. So we did that. And I had actually begged to do that. I wanted to go out and, and travel because again, the furthest I'd ever been from Toledo, Ohio was Chicago, Illinois, you know, so now I can go and see a mountain. I can see the ocean and, you know, we did all these other crazy things. So I did that and I loved it. And, 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 you know, I, I, it got kind of wild. I went from long hair. When I came back from tree planting, I had a, a mohawk. Um, so, you know, we, we got crazy out in the woods. Uh, it was fun. It was, but um, so from tree planting, I came back and I went onto the roofing crew and it was a fairly new company, uh, JP Roofing. And that's where I learned the, uh, how to do my trade of roofing. Um, I injured my wrist. So I ended up going and working uh, back in the house crew, but I was kind of the manager of that. It was called the Deke of the Week. I did that for a few months until I traveled with ResBand. And then I was the, the driver for ResBand for a couple tours. Uh, after that, I came back and my wrist had uh, healed up pretty well. And uh, we were looking at starting a new company called uh, Lakefront Roofing Supply. And so this is back in 1985. And right. uh, I was asked to, to do sales for Lakefront. I, I knew the, com the, the business as, of roofing from being a roofer. And um, they said I could talk. I knew how to talk and I could probably be a good salesman. So when I was uh, 20 years old, we started Lakefront. And uh, that's that's where I started my current career, which is that, had many other jobs within it. But yeah, that's where I've been ever since, since 1985. Right. I was going to say that's where you are now. And you're yeah. you're a sales manager. You're considered an owner and you're also a product specialist um, yeah. during the, the yeah. lockdown during this season of COVID, uh, many of us worked in the house instead of going 
yeah. <clears throat> pardon me, to our offices or whatever. And I can remember walking by the room you were using as your office and you're going, okay, here's how you do this. Uh, that you were giving yeah. some, what sounded like really wise advice to someone because yeah. uh, you know your stuff. I mean, that that's so good. So, so Chris, it, it's interesting because as, as I look at you, I look at you and I see a businessman mm-hmm. who's a Christian. And I know that you view your business as a ministry, your work as a ministry. Tell us how that, how that fleshes out. Could it, it, cause it just kind of seems like business in some ways. Sure. I tell you what, it, several years ago, um, I was asked to do a sermon for, 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 for Jesus people. And, uh, and all I could think of was my work. Cause that's what I do. And, I, and my, my, my sermon title was what is your ministry? And I talked about, you know, when Christ calls us to be Christians, we're all, we all have a ministry. We all have, have a mission. Um, I mean, what is ministry? What is, what is being a minister? It's building relationships, you know? And what is being a businessman or a salesperson? It's building relationships. It's the exact same thing. So, again, one blessing I have within my business is we sell to contractors. So, the guys that are my customers, they don't just come in once and then leave. They're there every day. Some of them there are every day. Some you see weekly, some you see once a month, some you see several times a year. But you build up relationships and friendships even. I mean, I go fishing with some of these guys. I've gone golfing with some of these guys. You know, you you become friends. And these are relationships that I've had with some of these guys for 40 years. Our very first customer still shops at Lakefront 40 years later or 37, whatever, since 85. Um, So... I take and I, I make sure that people know who I am. You know, uh, I talk to them about Christ. I tell them what I'm, I'm talking. It's so funny. So you, we're working with roofing contractors. They obviously don't have the greatest uh, vocabulary. They, they, they use a lot of uh, adjectives that would not make it on uh, television. We can say so anytime one of these guys, you know, swear, it's like they'll drop the F-bomb and go, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. So it's like, it's, it's constantly you're hearing this. I'm sorry. And I'm like, Hey, it's okay. I've, I've yeah. heard these words before. So, but when they do do that, it's, it's like, okay, they realize who I am, mm-hmm. you know? So I've made, I've made an impression. Um, but at the same time, you know, I'm, I'm never one when someone says, Oh, someone in my family's sick or, Oh, I'm struggling with this, or I'm having a hard time financially. I'll, I'll say, let me pray for you or I'll pray for you. And, and, and it's been something that, I've always done, you know, just put it out there. If you want me to pray for you, I will. Um, and that's really created some really good relationships and people actually coming back and, and asking me going, Hey, you said this one time, can we talk about it? And then some of the conversations that you have or just conversations people will bring up because they know that we have a homeless shelter. They realize who we are. And again, they've been doing business with years for, with us for years. Um, they're like, Hey, can I help with, with, with your shelter? Can I donate some money? I used to run marathons to raise money, which was really great because I'd send out an email to my entire email list saying, hey, I'm going to run this marathon. Can you help donate per mile or whatever? And um, it, it really sparked a lot of questions and people asking what we're doing and, and getting a lot of support uh, for what we're doing. But mostly it, it's the relationships and, and being able to let people know who you are, you know, whether it's an employee or a customer. And over the last, I don't know, 15 years, um, we've hired a lot more people. So I've become more of a boss as well in our management. Um, And um, 
building relationships with, with those people and seeing how working for a Christian company and a company that is doing outreach and working for the poor in Chicago affects people. You know, there's a lot of guys. We have, There's a guy I work with every day. He's been with us for over 30 years. And uh, he feels that he's part of our ministry because of what he does uh, working for us and the money that he's able to make for our, our outreach. Yeah, you know, it, it's a, it's fascinating because you really are on a mission field sure. that most pastors, I mean, would not have access to, right? Yeah, yeah. These men and women, these these folks, you know, in the construction business. I mean, that's that's so amazing. Well, and a while a while back, you and I were hanging out and and talking about this this whole relational mm-hmm. ministry thing that's so powerful. And you mentioned Big Mike. Yeah. And his yeah. situation, I, I think I think our listeners would love to hear the story of Big Mike and how that all came down. So Big Mike was a customer that shopped with us for many years. Uh, and I'd see him three, four times a week. You know, he'd come in, pick up his material and go. But we had something in common. And that was we both like to hunt. I, I like to hunt. I like to deer hunt. Uh, I like to bow hunt uh, and be out in the woods. And we'd always talk about hunting, right? And I'd say, oh, you know, I just love hunting because I like to be in God's nature and it's a great place to pray and I can think about scripture and I don't even need to get an animal. Like if I can see a deer, I'm happy. And he's like, yeah, I just really like to kill things. And I like the meat and I like to have meat in my freezer. And really that praying thing, I'm an atheist. It doesn't, it doesn't do anything for me, but uh, we still had a friendship. You know, I didn't, I didn't never downed him for being an atheist and he never uh, dissed me for being a Christian. You know, we, we actually became friends over the 15 years. Well, he had gotten injured and he, we, you know, I stopped seeing Mike uh, over time. He was getting older and he mostly retired. And um, one day I come in and, and someone said, hey, uh, Mike's uh, on the phone. He would like to talk to you. He goes, and I said, yeah, great. Transfer him in. So I get on the phone with Mike and he goes, hey, Chris, I, I really, he goes, you remember I used to tell you that I'm an atheist, right? I go, yeah, I, I go understand that. And he goes, well, I never told you that, that my wife is not, my wife's not an, an atheist. She believes in prayer and it's very important to her. He goes, last week I was out in my tree stand in Iowa and I got a phone call from my wife and she said, honey, I think I'm having a stroke. I'm going to, I'm going to go to the hospital. Don't rush in. I'll be fine. He goes, but of course I got out of my tree and I drove back to Chicago. He goes, so she she went into the hospital and she's got a blockage in her neck and she's got to have surgery. He goes, you believe in God and you have prayer. She believes in God and she has prayer. I have her. I don't, I don't have anything. He goes, Chris, my wife believes in prayer. Would you pray for my wife? I said, absolutely, Mike. It'd be my honor to pray for your wife. And so he gave me her name and, and you know, I prayed for her. And the next day I, I come in and I have a voicemail waiting and I, I listen to my voicemail. And here's this guy that I've known for years. That's been this, this atheist. You know, this is what he, he preaches is I'm an atheist. And he, he had a, uh, left me a voicemail and he's in tears. And he's like, Chris, my wife's going to be fine. The surgery went well. Prayer works. And um, it, it really affected me. It still affects me. Yeah. Just that you can have, uh, you can make a change in people's lives just by creating a relationship and that mm-hmm. friendship. And you don't need to preach the gospel. You don't need to ram a Bible down their throat. Just be who you are and let them know who you are and what your relationship is with Christ. And, and, it, and it'll, it'll, it'll show fruit. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That, that's such a powerful story. Thank you yep. for sharing that. Hmm. Well, and, and it's interesting, too, as I think about the work that you do, 
at mm-hmm. Lakefront Roofing and Supply and Siding Supply. Forget the siding. That's so important. <laughs> Don't forget the siding. Um, I mean, it's a multi-million dollar business that's mm-hmm. run by our community, as well as we have like 14 other businesses and ministries. And and what's amazing to me is, is all the money that we make goes mm-hmm. to support our other ministries, such as our homeless shelter. And yeah. um, I mean, we're the second largest shelter in the city of Chicago. Pre-COVID and probably post-COVID, we'd be housing 350 individuals yeah. and families per night. I mean, what? Wow, that that's just an amazing place for you to be as someone who's who's so relational. I mean, it's obvious you're yeah. not profit motivated personally. Nope. Um, so yeah, it seems like a good fit. So speaking of a good fit, I'm going to pivot a little bit here. Sure. Um, so you are a dad of two yeah. sons who are grown, they're launched, and the grandfather of your new little grandbaby. And of course, that means your husband in our world. Um, so you're, you're a family guy empty nester, yeah. uh, you and your wife, really, you could bug out now. I mean, you, you could go do other things. You could, you know, do whatever. So what keeps you here at Jesus people, Chris? Hmm. The same thing that kept me here when I joined back in 1985, it's, um, uh, 85. What am I talking about? 82, 1982. Uh, it's, it's, I didn't come here to make money. I came here to serve the Lord, you know? Um, becoming a businessman was where God had me. Uh, if he had me in the pots and doing that for the, my entire career here at Jesus people, I'd have been happy with it. Um, but he, he saw fit to put me somewhere where, you know, if I left Jesus people, I could probably make a pretty good rate, uh, make, make a pretty good living. Um, but it's not about money, uh, for me, you know, I've, I've always felt that, um, it's more about helping people. And, and really, that's why I love my job. I really help people all day long at, at work. You know, people that are in trouble, that contractors that are can't figure out how to fix something, and I, I help them with that. Or homeowners that call up and they've been ripped off, and they're like, "I need to find someone to, to fix something because uh, you know I've been taken advantage of." And um, yeah, it's way more than money. Money's not yeah. what does it for me. Right. Um, knowing that when I go home, that the money I've raised is is helping. You know. Uh, the Maggie, the the lady that uh, I see under the bridge. Oh, you know what our I mean? tent city friend. Yeah, yeah we have a yeah. tent city under our viaduct. Yeah, someone, yeah, I love Maggie. Uh, she's great. I buy her coffee uh, whenever mm-hmm. Melly won't just give it to her. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you know, and seeing seeing the going by the shelter, and now I'm 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 on the board uh, for Cornerstone and being able to serve over there. Um, you know, it's yeah, money money's great if you want to buy something. But I'll tell you what, when you see the look on someone's face that, uh, you know, when I'm playing Santa Claus for CCO and you see these kids that you're able to see them open up gifts that they've never had, or, you know, a young teenage girl that, that gets a, a new tablet for Christmas, that's, that's as good as any $10,000 paycheck I would take home. That's beautiful. You know? That's beautiful. Yeah. And and for any listeners who don't know, Cornerstone Community Outreach is the name of our shelter system. Um, so when we say Cornerstone, that's what we're talking about. And there have been a number of things through the years named Cornerstone mm-hmm. here at Jesus People, but that's what we're talking about today. So as a dad, let's, let's jump back to that. So how was it raising two sons here? How was it for you and your wife to, to raise your family here with, I mean, then there were several hundred people. There were like yeah. three or 400 people living here. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, tell it, us about that. The joys, the challenges, just how that was. Well, it was it, for me, I loved it. It was great, but it still had its challenges, you know. Um, again, I, I I worked in a business that was not nine to five, you know, it was often seven to nine. Um, you know, there was a lot of hours and uh, especially during the season. Uh, so I spent a lot of time, you know, at work. Uh, we we for a short time we had a, a business that I had to travel to Europe at times. And, um, and it took me away from, from home. And in the winter, I was often on business trips for conventions and what have you. So I, you still have the same issues of being a father and making sure that you make time for your kids. And I fell short at times. I think that there were probably times that I, I look back now and go, man, I wish I would have spent a couple more weekends with my kids in Bushnell at uh, the property that we had where we used to have our Cornerstone Festival. Um, you know, but but it was so awesome seeing them grow up in community. You know, when a kid grows up here at Jesus people, they go to school with the same kids that they're, they're living with. They're, they're all in the same building. Right. So um, I think there's relationships that are built with them that, that, uh, that, that live uh, long beyond the, uh, their life here at Jesus people when they leave. Um, you know, I had the, the honor of uh, having my, my niece and nephew come in from Canada and, and their parents moved into Jesus people for several years. And, you know, the, those cousins are as close as any brother and sister for the most part. Still, you know, they still talk to each other. They get on wow. four-way Facebook chats, even though they're in different cities. You know, it's, it's uh, so the relationships that the kids learn and, and how to, to have relationships and love uh, each other as brothers and sisters, I think is really important. Um, when you're really struggling with something as a parent, Having someone else that that's gone through it uh, is important, and and mm -hmm. and you know, uh, or when you see someone that's really struggling as a parent, and being able to go talk to them and, and go, hey, you know, I see this. Do you, do you want to talk? Do you need to talk about it? And so having that that having the strength of those around you when you're feeling weak, and being able to help those around you when when you're a little bit stronger than they are, I think is really important in, in raising a family. And really for building a, a, a marriage, a good marriage. But it, it still is having the, the people around you, I think is always real important. So any new parents out there, make sure you, you build relationships with those in your church and those around you that uh, you, you feel are good parents because they can really help. Yeah, no, that, that's a good point. And one of yeah. the things I've noticed here just today, um, one of the little guys, the, the boys, who's eight, I believe is doing, is making a little bit of money doing chores, you know? Yeah. So he was doing some chores. Then one of the little kids who was like four said, can I help you? And so the eight-year-old said, well, sure, come help me. And then at the end, the eight-year-old split the money with the four-year-old. Chores for change. I know it's chores for change. I love that. Um, I, I see in the kids, this modeling and this I mean, it's just part of our culture that you yeah. share. I mean, yeah, we have privacy and we do have, yep. you know, our own stuff here and there, but, it, but it's, it's a different mindset that I find absolutely refreshing. Yeah. When people say mi casa, su casa, well, usually, um, and up to a point, and then you go home and here we are home. So, you yeah. know, of course there are challenges with that, but there are also so many wonderful benefits. So yeah, I, I could yeah. see where, yeah, that would well, be. And we've been such an open door ministry for so many years. I think that's one thing that's been a little painful with COVID is that the doors have closed. You know, I think for years you'd have your doors open and 
you'd be walking down the hall and, you know, Orion walks by, you know, Andrea and Chris's room and it's like, Hey guys, can I come in? You come in, you sit down, you watch the Cubs game or whatever, you know? So, uh, yeah. And I think that that's also just the open doors make for really friendly households. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and I love the fact that we do have people here of all ages, Mm -hmm. um, married and single. I'm a single woman. Um, and I love being able to hang out with, with everybody, you know, it's just a great family to be a part of. Mm. Yep. So as you think about folks who might be listening to, to this podcast today and might be feeling kind of curious about this Jesus people community in Chicago, do you have any words of wisdom to offer to someone going, huh? Hmm. I might want to think about that. What, what would you say to them? Cause you, you were that kind of person. Yeah, absolutely. I would say, you know, pray about it. First of all, pray about it. Um, but look into it. See, see, see where your strengths might, might help us out or where your weaknesses might be shored up uh, by going and, and, and joining a community where other folks can help you out. Um, you know, I think uh, we're a great place to come and you can come and serve for a week, for a month, for a year or for a lifetime, um, you know, and, and it's, 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 yeah, I think it, it again, I've said it before, uh, community is not for everyone. You know, it's a specific calling. Um, if, if community weren't a specific calling, there'd be a lot more communities in the world and there's not, you know, right. um, but if you really are looking for a place to serve or you feel like, you know, I just don't have the skill set to, to do ministry and be a minister doesn't take anything special. If you can wash a dish, if you can answer a phone, if you can talk to someone on the street corner and just be a friend, you have the ability to, to be a minister. And uh, I think that we, we're Jesus people's a place that where they can, we meet the needs of anyone and, and we can, actually help anyone become a minister in a lot of ways, I believe. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I think you're right. I agree with you. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. The other thing that, that I really appreciate um, about how we do ministry and how we welcome people uh, is that you can come and check it out. You don't have to just sign on the dotted line. Um, I committed to live here two years and I'm coming up on my two years and uh, I've already kind of re-upped my contract, if you will. I wasn't a real contract, but <laughs> just going, yeah, this is feeling pretty good. But I, I haven't felt any pressure like, you know, are you going to stay? Are you going to go? What are you going to do? So that I think that is is really a great a great opportunity for people to, to come check us out. Like you mm-hmm. said, come stay for a week. Uh, as I talk with younger people, I have a, a number of younger people, people in their 20s, 30s, and I'm at the age where I can say 40s are younger people, but they, their value systems are such that they're much more in alignment with mm-hmm. how we live in community than what they were, how were they were raised. Um, so they love the thought of sharing resources together. They love the thought of a minimalist and simple lifestyle. They, mm-hmm. you know, you know, I mean, just all those things. So I just encourage our listeners, if it's not you, it, it might be someone you know, to say, check yeah. out these Jesus people. Um, we've got a website, jesuspeoplechicago.org. You could email, toss us an email at the, it's uh, jppodcast at japuza.org, jppodcast at jpusa.org. And japuza is our shorthand for Jesus People USA, which is what we've been called 
for years and years until quite recently because Decades. there were Jesus people outposts. The one that you went to was in Romania or whatever. I mean, all over the yeah. world. It's yeah. just, yeah. yeah, it's been, it's been wild and wonderful. So yeah, folks, thank you for listening. And Chris, thank you for being with and us. Thank Any you. Oh, absolutely. Any final <laughs> words you'd like to share? Uh you know, I just, just back to the, if, if you're really looking for a place or you feel that you're, you're not being met or not meeting what God wants you to meet and, and you're, you're looking for an opportunity to minister and you just don't feel that you have the, the gifts for it, uh, don't, don't let that, uh, don't listen to it because everyone's got that ability to, to minister and, and check us out. It, it, it might be a good, uh, we might be a good fit for you, even if it's just for a week. Uh, you know, I think we have a lot of people that come to visit for a week and, yeah. uh, and, and that changes their life. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, excellent. Oh, thanks again, Chris. And for everyone out there, we pray for you. We pray that you will be safe and well, and that you will experience spring, not just around you in the weather, but in mm -hmm. your own soul. Take care. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today for our conversation with Chris Spicer, one of the interviewers of the JP podcast. We would love it if you would like us on Facebook, YouTube, you know all the venues, everybody. Like, subscribe, get notifications when we have new episodes, write a review. We would love it if you would do that. And we're so grateful that you uh, listened to this episode. Our contact information, if you'd like to, to contact us, is jppodcast at jpusa.org. See you next time.